And welcome to Obsessed. Woo! That right there is Ariana. And that's Jeff. And we're back for another Pride-themed episode. Happy Pride Month, everyone. (laughs) Um, All month long, we are (laughs) celebrating Pride and educating and entertaining you all. Yes. (laughs) You know what? what I actually, (laughs) I just learned a word that could really much describe really much it's not really much because that's not a fucking term don't ever use that anyone but i did learn a word today that is a little cringy but kind of describes what we do on this podcast jeff and it oh, is gosh. no it's it's um infotainment <laughs> infotainment okay i could see that that being a thing right <laughs> yeah. like we're both providing information but entertaining yeah, I like that. Infotainment. That's anyway. fun. I, I, lo- I love a good uh, hybrid word. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this episode, um, Ari and I have been talking about some things that like we, we would like to educate ourselves on, things that might that even people in the community might be a little bit confused about. So today we're going to discuss the differences between sex and gender and gender gender identity. And also we'll dive into a little bit of the history behind it because it's a lot more complex than, than you think. Yes. And we know that um, gender and sex and, and, and all this is an extremely complex and complicated um, topic. So we are going to do our absolute best to make sure that, um, you know, nothing we say is uh, in, harmfully impacts the community in any in any way. Um, and we're just happy to share everything that we've learned with you because it really is so interesting. Yes, I, I agree with Ari. We are we're here to learn and um, we are we are learning every single day about about this these topics and if anyone listening catches anything that may be um, incorrect or inaccurate in any way or insensitive please do not hesitate to reach out to us because again we are learning just as we hope all of you are as well Um, yes yes oh jeff exactly and (laughs) uh, that being said we did take a lot of time when researching and talking with each other before the episode uh, to to ensure that, um, you know, we're using the correct terminology and just doing our due diligence here because that's the least we could fucking do. So, um, so yeah, definitely reach out if you hear something that, um, you know, uh, doesn't sit that well with you. And Jeff and I are happy to... Um, uh, to take whatever you say into consideration and change our ways. Although I'm sure that will not happen because we're pretty mindful. And just as a little reminder, stay until the very end of the episode. I mean, we know you do anyway, but definitely make sure that you stick around till the end because we will be highlighting another LGBTQ plus um, charity worth uh, considering and worth, um, you know, participating with and donating to. So... Yay! Yes. Um, okay. 
So let's dive right in. So let's just discuss the um, definitions of sex, gender, and gender identity. So we pulled this from Planned Parenthood, but um, there are obviously a, a bunch of other credible sources that you could find this information on. So definitely do your research if you are interested. But to kick things off, um, it's super common for people to confuse sex, gender, and gender identity, but um, they're all actually different things. So you should not use them interchangeably. So to start things off, I just said to start things off 79 times, but... 70 times. <laughs> Are we starting? Yeah. Or... I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm getting there. Okay. So to start things off, let's start with sex. Okay. So sex is a label. Um, this is what you are assigned by a doctor at birth based on a variety of medical factors. That includes your hormones, your chromosomes, and your genitals. Um, and this goes on your birth certificate. So um, it was once thought that it could be binary. Um, so you're either a male or female. But when someone's sexual and reproductive anatomy doesn't seem to fit the typical descriptions of female or male, um, they are then described as intersex. So it's not just male and female. There is um, another, uh, not option, but another um, identifying factor or term, term for this, and that's intersex. Yes. All right. So next we have uh, gender. And this is where it gets a little bit more complex. So gender is a social and legal status, which is formed from a set of expectations from society. And this includes um, your behaviors, your characteristics, and your thoughts. And simply what it means to be a quote-unquote woman or quote-unquote a man and the roles that these people must assume. Um, So each culture has standards about the way that people should behave based on their gender. This is also generally uh, refers to male or female, especially in our culture. I know like growing up, my room was blue, my sister's was pink because, you know, we were assigned to male and female and typically blues and pinks, you know, are... correspond with a um, you know a specific gender um you know barbies for females gi joes Mm -hmm. for males um i played with both i also i played with barbies a lot (laughs) um (laughs) i love that and it makes um, a lot of sense (laughs) um but yeah so instead of being just about your body parts and, and like your uh any visual identifiers it's more about how you're expected to act uh because of your sex so if you're you know, quote unquote, biological sex was a male, then you should then assume the role of a male and comply with those uh, expectations. Right. And have more masculine um, uh, interests. Interests. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and prescribe to, to those norms. Right. And so, you know, again, like, um, uh, female gender roles women wear dresses and there was a time where literally um women were not like allowed to wear pants and again boys couldn't wear pink like things like that things that all of us have grown up with hearing yes and Um, i actually um just thought of an example of this and like how toxic it is to assign genders and like assign all these um these traits that they must possess if they're male or female because Mm -hmm. when I was a kid I remember distinctively uh, my younger sister who was brought up very girly um, you know lots of pinks lots of dolls Barbies you know fine Um, but I remember she went up to someone another another girl who happened to be more interested in 
things that were typical of like what a, a a boy would be interested in. Um, she was more of a tomboy. So my younger sister went up to this girl and I remember, and it was, you know, it's, it's very impolite, but she went up to this girl and said, are you a boy? And that's simply because she wasn't interested in the same things mm-hmm. that a girl, you know, wow. typically was interested in. And again, this is just an example of why, it is very toxic to just like force these yeah expectations and these like these traits onto people. I mean, even an example that I live with most days and experience now in 2022 um, is a lot of uh, men commenting on my TikTok videos asking if I too am a man because of how deep my voice is. So if you want to talk about characteristics for the um, Uh, for men and that gender, uh, having a deep voice is one of them. And literally, uh, people ask me all the time, um, if I'm this gender and then also sex because of how deep my voice is. And I'm like, okay, it's usually like, obviously, but her cis men, I was about to say, people like, hiding behind their keyboards, like yeah, men with probably course. the highest voice imaginable. <laughs> of course. And like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't take any of that like to heart. Um, but it's just an example of like literally what we grow up to believe and what we're fed. Um, that that is also part of uh, identifying as a man is needing to have that. And then if you don't, you will get reprimanded from your male friends and men around you and they'll comment on how high pitched your voice is or say you're gay um and if you're a woman with a deeper voice you'll also hear from men that why do you sound like a boy so i've been getting that i've been i had this voice when i was like 13 like i hit puberty and i had this (laughs) deep of a voice so i've been getting it that was like the number one form of bullying for me um so by 29 i'm pretty fucking used to it It doesn't bother me but anyway it was just an example um (laughs) and that that's uh, similarly to you ari my voice changed late later in life like definitely like late ninth grade so my voice was very high and um i used to also get like bullied for having a high voice and for i guess sounding a little bit more feminine at the Mm. time but you know what these they could like like you said there are these they're just so insecure with themselves that they just have to you know find ways to put other people down Exactly, exactly. So um, we're going to move from gender into gender identity. And gender identity is how you feel inside and how you express your gender through clothing, behavior, and personal appearance. It's a feeling that begins very, very early in life. Um, Most people feel that they are either male or female, uh, and some people feel like a masculine female or a feminine male, kind of what Jeff and I were talking about a little bit, Uh, and some people feel neither male or female, and those people may choose to use different labels, such as genderqueer, gender variant, or gender fluid. Um, And actually, your feelings about your gender identity begin as early as two or three years old. So if you 
if you tack on, Jeff, what you were talking about, how um, parents and society like to um, attribute certain traits to babies from the moment they're born, that means that if you're two or three years old and you are starting to, um, you know, feel more female, although you were uh, um, assigned male at birth, uh that could be really confusing and detrimental for you because, again, you're fed all of these, like, expectations of how you should be, how you should look, and that literally goes against your programming and the way that you feel and wish to identify. So it is just interesting that it actually it starts really, really, really young. Um, and one thing that I wanted to bring up with this is that uh, – Part of uh, gender queer is also the term non-binary, which I know a lot of us luckily are um, uh, know about and hear often now. Uh, but both non-binary and gender queer are a, a umbrella terms for gender identities that are not solely male or female. Uh, really, genders outside of and those identities outside of that gender binary. So it makes sense when you think about it, right? The binaries too, male, female, um, and the non-binary is really anything outside of that. So that's just, I mean, it literally is in the word itself. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just a good way to remember it. Um, and just continuing with gender identity. So some people's assigned sex and gender identity are pretty much the same or in line with one another. Again, like, I would say that's me, uh, well, for the most part, um, assigned uh, uh, woman, female at birth, and I identify as that gender as well, although I do consider myself sometimes a more masculine female. And these people, as Jeff and I mentioned in our last episode, those who identify as the sex that they were assigned at birth, they're called cisgender, C-I-S gender. Um, and other people that feel that their assigned sex is of the other gender from their gender identity, example, assigned sex is female, but the gender identity is male, um, those people are called transgender, of course, or trans. Um, but not all trans people share the same exact identity. So that's worth noting. Um, there's, a, you know... Us, we don't have time to to dive in um, even deeper uh, to what it means to be trans and all of the the possibilities uh, within that. But yeah, really, um, those who just feel that their assigned sex is different from their gender identity, they're trans, and respect that. <laughs> <laughs> So another uh, term that you might hear is gender expression. So gender identity is more of an internal feeling. And then how you express that internal feeling would be your gender expression. So this is how a person presents their gender outwardly. So this is through behavior, clothing, your your voice and your like, the tonal tonality of your voice and other perceived characteristics. Society identifies these cues as masculine or feminine, although what is considered masculine or feminine changes over time and varies by culture. Um, so again, this is just another way that you're expressing your internal, uh, I guess, feelings and, and your internal like identity, I guess. Yeah. And I wanted to, I mean, all of this conversation has me thinking about, uh, the path that we are headed down and moving to a place where like literally the word 
gender is more often used to describe gender identity. And we had just outlined, Jeff, that there's a difference between gender and gender identity. But the way that we're starting to refer to gender is more so of the identity or the expression um, instead of referring to like cultural expectations about how a certain sex um, will or should behave. And with that, that, that means that gender is moving away from like really noting the differences between people and more within yourself and how you choose to identify, which leads me to we hopefully will get to a point at some stage where because gender can like encapsulate really any kind of gender we identify, like every individual right. could have a different gender. There are so many of them. I'm sure it will, it won't end. We'll only add to the list. I think as a society, we may move to a point where we realize that, Hey, actually identifying a gender is like a moot point because they're so it's different so much, and they're so and it's so much custom more complex than that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's so complex. It's so custom. It's so individual. It's so unique that maybe we get to a point where like the word gender and identifying as one really has like no meaning at all. And we're all just people existing. Right. And we won't have to, um, I guess, identify. Right. Like everyone would be non-binary because we don't prescribe to the binary. And if you do, that would actually be the minority. And you would say so um, if you did. So I just feel like I don't know if that will actually happen. Um, but uh, I personally think that a world where there is just no construct of this is better. <laughs> but anyway... All this gender talk just got a girl thinking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that actually leads to our next point. Um, because gender really is, just as you said, it's a social construct. Like, we, as as we learn more about about us as people and the difference differences we have and that it is it is we aren't a binary species there isn't just men and and women we are so complex and we are so diverse and we're every single person is different so i think as like to your point as time does go on the term gender will completely like hopefully flip flip itself on its head and like maybe change its its meaning or it might even just be obsolete at that point and we might need mm -hmm. something else to describe it because it's no longer um serving us in a in an accurate way of of identifying someone um yep but i think i think this is a good time to get into like the history and why and how gender even became a thing um because it, a lot of it i mean yes a lot of it goes back to ancient civilizations, but our modern gender roles kind of started at the turn of the century um, and, like, at the start of the conception of uh, the patriarchy. Um, so, as we all know, the patriarchy kind of, like, establishes the parameters that make men the superior beings in society. Mm -hmm. um, and historically, the term patriarchy has been used to refer to men as being the head of a family, like think like breadwinners, they're the head of the household. However, since the late 20th century, it has also been used to refer to social systems in which power is primarily held by adult men. So pretty much under the patriarchy, men are the leaders. But Adult this white men. Adult white men, yes. So... 
After the Industrial Revolution and the improvement of healthcare, which contributed to increasing birth rate and the decreasing mortality rate, the views on life changed and thus erasing those responsibility from our to-do list. So um, marrying, having and raising children, and that's, that's becoming more of a choice rather than a responsibility. So this kind of started to alter the, the roles and expectations of the, uh, you know, what, what is viewed as like a man and what is viewed as a woman. Um, and that and and that has just only continued to change, especially now. Like a lot of women are in the workforce now. It's not just the man that's the head of the household. Like women are now are now assuming those positions as well. Um, and so a lot of it just makes you kind of like rethink the the gender roles and kind of where we're heading. Oh, absolutely. I mean, literally between my dad and my stepmom. My stepmom's the breadwinner. Yeah, and that's and that's. Um, you know, that being said, there's still, there's so much, still so much work to be done and still so Mm -hmm. much fucking power the patriarchy has over the society. And as we have all seen, um, you know, I mean, definitely in, in the last month with, uh, the attack on, uh, bodily autonomy and abortions and, um, trans individuals, it, it just it clearly points to a flat out hatred for women, and we need to do everything that we possibly fucking can to fight back um, against against the patriarchy. But anyway, <laughs> that's another. That's not even another episode. That's just the the day in a life. <laughs> that's yeah. <laughs> So keeping up with the uh, historical theme, um, theme, the the actual history, (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's a a non-binary activist um, named Alok Fade Menon. Hopefully I did not butcher that name, even though I love them and have listened to them. (laughs) Obsessed with their name, obsessed with their brain. Um, um, If you have not heard of this individual, definitely, definitely look them up. Uh, They are a writer, poet, uh, activist on a lot of different podcasts. Anyway, um, this um, activist was on... um, uh, the Man Enough podcast with uh, Liz Plank, uh, uh, basically a, a feminism podcast uh, with men who are working to um, challenge challenge toxic masculinity and what it means to be a man today. And uh, Alok, I mean, we're not friends. I probably shouldn't be referring to them by their first name, uh, but I'm going to. <laughs> with a um, name like you, that, you know, people will know who you're talking about, you know? <laughs> So Alok gave a really great example um, that in the early 20th century, when women were advocating for the right to vote, men created postcards that showed women dressed up as men and men dressed up as women. And that and and the message that men who opposed the vote for women were sending to other men was that we're going to be feminized and we're going to lose power and it's going to be women who are making us do what we've done to women take care of the kids and stay at home 
They are so sensitive. I'm sorry. That's like I know. <laughs> so like, that's so childish. <laughs> it really is. And Alo continue to say that, you know, women were basically just saying we want the right to vote and men heard that as I'm losing power. And, uh, and of course, then here we are a hundred years later, trans and gender non-conforming people are saying, Hey, everyone, I want to be able to exist. And I want to be able to walk outside without being spat on. I want to be able to live and not fear dying. And people are saying that that is a threat. Um, and that was all a quote from, from a loke. I don't want anyone to think that that yeah, was my I own. mean, um, I just saw, cause I don't have um, that experience, but, but yeah, how, like, and I mean, that goes to say really about anything that is kind of challenging the um, uh, norm and whatever group is holding power in that specific situation, uh, because anytime someone expresses uh, a need for equality or wanting the same thing as that powerful group, the powerful group reads it as, hey, they're trying to take over. And that's not the case at all. They just want the same rights. Yeah, that and, that kind of reminds you know, me. I don't know if you saw that clip that has been going around, and and to be honest, I don't remember who said this. I think it was either some female politician or like some news anchor, but super conservative, like very right wing, and they said that at this rate, straight people are going to be extinct because of how many people are like starting to identify as different sexualities and stuff. And that like reminds me of this, like because people are coming to terms with themselves Mm -hmm. and that there are more um, terms for how people identify straight people, obviously not speaking on, uh, on behalf of all straight people, but um, some of them seem to be uh, threatened by this and that they're, that they're like a group of, uh, people is going to go extinct eventually but i like i couldn't even like watch the whole clip i was like this is so ridiculous but it reminds me of what you're saying about the right to vote like just because women are trying to fight for this this right for equality men at the time thought that they were that they're like that their roles were going to be completely stripped away or their their rights um right and it's not even it's this like sort of like hyperfixation on um, being pushed into the, like, opposing binary. Like, what about a woman getting the right to vote is going to immediately force you to stay home and take care of the kids and clean the house? Like, that's not the goal. The goal is literally to just be able to be a functioning human being with the same exact rights as others. Um, And to not be confined to this gender role and only be able to stay home and not have a say on who represents our society. So it's just, it's not, it's not even like, oh, we're going to lose power. It's we're going to lose power. They're going to make us feminine and then they're going to force us to stay home. It just jumps like 800 levels. And it's like, please please take a chill pill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, really, it was just uh, obviously such a threat because if you, I mean, they must have known you empower, when women are empowered, they empower other women and a force to not be reckoned with. (laughs) 
Um, but also, if, if a man wants to stay home and, and be a stay-at-home dad, by all means, go for it. It's not emasculating in any way. No. That is, that is something that you and your partner can agree that works best for the family, and I am all for that. If you choose to. 100%. 100%. My, my dad has been a bodybuilder most of his life and lives uh, what I would say looks like an uber-masculine life, rides motorcycles, builds motor, motor, motorcycles, did construction, all of that stuff, um, and has been a stay-at-home dad for the last, like, two, three years. And you know, and does a lot of the laundry and washes the dishes and things like that. And it's a thing. It's fine. Um, It's just down to, of course, the individual couple. And and like you said, Jeff, what makes sense? Yeah, I love that. You know, and yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sure he has his own thoughts about it, but, um, but... it's it's what works for them, and that's great, oh. and that's really what it comes down to. It's what whatever works for you, and you feel comfortable identifying as, or you feel comfortable wearing, um, or looking like, does not affect anyone else and their lives or their identity, and that seems to be the issue, right? With like challenging these traditional gender norms and ideology, cisgender individuals and mainly cisgender men often do feel threatened. And what about someone having the ability to express themselves the way that they want and love who they want um, really has anything to do with your life? Like, honestly, it nothing, nothing. And that's the, that's yeah. the piece that I think is the most... Um, challenging and most difficult to uh penetrate right and i've had like some very difficult conversations with people and not necessarily in gender roles actually kind of about gender roles but like when you ask people that don't support like equality or equal rights and you're like why why do you think by them doing that is going to like impact you in a negative way and like a lot of them just say, well, it's just, you know, it's just, that's just the way it is. It's not right. But like, they don't have any definitive reason. Like if you, if you ask these people that don't support, you know, everything that we're talking about, like there's really no definitive factual reason. It's more of just like, well, that's just the way society is. And because that's what society made it. And we're, you know, I feel like Ari and I, it's, we're trying, we're like our generation and hopefully the future generations, like we're, we won't accept that anymore. It's just because something has been this way for hundreds of years, like doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And we're yeah. going to just keep, keep fighting. Yeah. Um, Aw, yes, Jeff. With, I love that you said that. With knowledge and research and, and facts to, to back it up. <laughs> Hell yeah. We are equipped, baby. Yes. Um, and, and I mean, the, the fact of the matter too, Jeff, I know we, we touched on um, some of the more uh, recent history Uh, after the 20th century, but prior to, like, life and, uh, you know, uh, traditional ideologies and and really everything looked pretty different from the life that we have grown accustomed to in the last even 200 years. So that in and of itself, like, what humankind has gone through, the phases... Uh, just goes to show that things evolve and things change 
and for you to to stand your ground and commit wholeheartedly to this ideology that in fact is not rooted in the like creation of human beings is ridiculous yeah because <laughs> it's just it not like humans <laughs> humans and what was important to them and the way that they identified and interacted with one another was very different hundreds thousands of years ago than it is today so what who's not to say that it's going to be pretty different in another hundred years so basically be adaptable yes and we as humans are essentially animals we've evolved from animals we are animals and if you were to observe other species you will find that most species of animals are gender fluid and there are many animals where the male would then assume the role of a female and start presenting themselves with those characteristics because of the maybe the loss of a female counterpart or maybe they're just a, a single um, parent to their offspring. Um, and this just shows how fluid uh, animals are as a species. And plus, going back to like um, sexuality, there are uh, same-sex penguin couples that have made the news. There are same-sex tortoises that are in in, um, in same-sex couples. So this is a very natural part of living things. And the only unnatural part of this is assigning gender roles based on cultural expectations. Yes. Right, right. And uh, if we go back to ancient Greece and Rome, I mean, queer was the norm. Like, people living their lives and having sex with whoever they want... Um, was the norm. So, right. you know, I mean, if we really, if we really want to dive in, uh, <laughs> I think the people who are opposed to those expressing themselves um, would be in for it. Uh, because we could, we could do a crash course in history and they will learn a shit ton and they will quickly yeah. realize. Maybe and, not accept, but realize that, whoa, <laughs> things are, things are pretty different. <laughs> and and that, that's the thing too, like, the only like gender sex gender identity these are things that are innately like a part of who you are you cannot fight it actually no that's a lie you can fight it you can choose to not act on these these feelings and and who you are as an individual and that's the only choice that is involved in this matter and that is to choose to accept who you are everything else is a completely natural part of you as a, as a human. So yes. you, if you fight it, you're only going to create more issues. Jeff, I love that so much. And that bleeds perfectly into um, how we wanted to end this episode with a um, clip from the uh, um, non-binary activist. I was just referring to a Babe Menon, um, really just highlighting, um, you know, the idea that if, if we, still think of two genders rather than a spectrum and apply these like traditional expectations to those gender labels it doesn't just hurt transgender individuals it literally hurts everyone um, because these fixed ideas of what it means to be a man or a woman make it difficult for those who in themselves um, maybe still identify as the sex that they were born but lean a little bit more masculine or a little bit more feminine, uh, it, it prevents them from really expressing who they really are. So it's not just a fight for trans individuals. It is a fight for everyone being able to be their most authentic true selves. And a low 
really describes this so, so, so perfectly and how um, it is just a, it should be like a human uh, fight for us all to be able to live this way and not just a specific group of people who are fighting for this because their freedom is everyone's freedom. So I'll leave it to Alok. I'm non-binary, which means it's not just that I'm challenging the binary between male, female, man, woman, but between us and them. And in your statement, you said, why don't I help them as if this struggle is not your struggle too? The reason you don't fight for me is because you're not fighting for yourself fully. And any movement that's trying to emancipate men from the shackles of heteropatriarchy or emancipate women from traditional gender ideology has to have trans and non-binary people at the forefront because we are actually the most honest. We're tracing the root. Where do these ideas of manhood and womanhood come from? They come from a binary structure. And so that's why people like me who are visibly gender nonconforming, who are both feminine and masculine and none of the above, we experience the brunt of all of these collective fantasies that were created. I love this audio clip so, so, so much. And if you want to hear um, Alok talk about this even more, uh, listen to the Man Up podcast episode that they are on. Uh, I promise you, you will not regret it. And you will definitely have a uh, different perspective leaving, even if you are in full support of every individual. I'm telling you, you'll you'll learn a lot and you'll just leave feeling yummy and determined to uh to make this a reality yes thank you so much um for ari actually shared that that clip with me so thank you for introducing it to me um so to end uh this this episode um i have a great charity that you can get involved with so on Saturday, June 25th, there is the annual New York City Pride Run in Central Park. This event will mark the 41st running of this race. Uh, and the 2019 run broke the Guinness Book of World Records for largest pride charity run with more than 10,200 finishers. I was actually a runner in the 2019 race. And I tried to sign up for the one that's coming up at the end of the month, but it was sold out within a few days because I waited too long. But that does not mean that you can't go and support the runners. And just a little bit more information about this organization. Um, it's called Front Runners New York. And um, every year they make a donation to an LGBTQ-related nonprofit organization. So for this year, they are donating to Sylvia's Place, which is the starting point for New York City's LGBTQ youth in crisis, uh, integrating case management with mental health services while stressing the unique strengths and potential of each youth. Um, this homeless, homeless youth service has developed a proven method for serving the LGBTQ youth in crisis. So um, definitely look up Sylvia's Place and on their website, you could see there, there are options to donate and just to see how you get you can get involved. Um, but in addition to this Pride run, there are so many other Pride-related organizations and runs, especially in uh, during Pride Month, that you can get involved in. And they usually have um, their proceeds go to a good cause. So definitely just do a little Google search in your, in your own city and your own hometown to see how you can get involved. Oh, thank you, Jeff. I loved it. Thanks. Um, but yeah, go, go runners. <laughs>
Go runners! (laughs) Go runners, go do your thing, and we hope that you um, enjoy this episode and and learned a thing or two. Yes, I know I definitely did. (laughs) Same. We love you all. Happy Pride! Happy Pride. Bye, everyone. Bye!